So essentially, that's why you never want to challenge LeBron James to hopscotch. It's just a no-win situation. That's how he got started. Yeah, yep. That's what he was doing back in the uh, days in uh, Akron. That's he, exactly does, he does right have there. incredible hops. He got better on the scotch. That's true. Mm. Well, the more money Wait. you make, the easier that is. That's the a fact. better the scotch That's gets, a fact. you know? <laughs> That's like the same way that Jordan got started. That's crazy. Yeah. Did you see that on a 30 for 30? Or? He did not even make his high school hopscotch team. Did you know <laughs> I that? know. That's crazy. And then, But he made the golf team. So I bet that coach weird. regrets that decision. Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Cody Podcast. Fun day here. <laughs> That's a, that's about as excited as you get. I think Dynamite intro. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> what are we talking about? Please help. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the open has concluded, and the punishment has now stopped for most of the world. Some well, people... now we're getting ready for Murph, so I don't know that it's any better. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we could probably debate that, but uh, Murph is kind of like a one-time you feel like you want to die. The Open just goes on and on and on. That's fair. Uh, but we had a lot of success inside of our box in the Open for a lot of different reasons. So today we're going to break down uh, our favorite workouts, our least favorite workouts, uh, some things that we saw go right, some things we wish we could have changed. Uh, so there's just a lot to talk about today, guys. And admittedly, as we say, uh, every time we sit down and record one of these, Chase and I uh, <laughs> don't have much to offer except for that we survive. So eager to hear you guys and your opinions on the open. So why don't we start here? Either one of you guys can take this. Let's start with your least favorite workout because that's what everybody wants to know. What was the one when Castro announced in his kind of snide way as he announces what the workouts are? His you, name would be Castro, by the way. Yeah. Like it's, I, yeah, it just adds to it. I know a whole podcast that. on that. A whole podcast <laughs> on that. Uh, he is just a sadist, man. He enjoys he enjoys torture and is very good at it. So we need to talk about. The worst workouts, just for you guys, and we understand that this is probably going to be uh, highly personal. That's cool because it's going to line up with a lot of others. But oddly enough, I think as we work this out, there are some things, uh, especially if we talk about point five eventually, uh, that are just going to hurt everybody at one point or another. But maybe we start with you, Chris, just your least favorite out of the five. When you heard it announced, you were like, crap. For me, it was a tie between 18-1 and 18-5. Uh, when he uh, when he announced the uh, eighteen one when uh, with all of the uh, with all of the rowing I was sitting there I, he announced it I'm like to carry the four that's a lot of rowing and I'm not a <laughs> I am not I'm not a uh, I'm not a very good rower um, and uh, that was really when you uh, when you when you looked at the workout as a whole and you know maybe not in terms of how many reps but of the amount of time that you spent on each movement it was about like 60% on the rower and uh, the longer uh, the longer I have to be on the rower the worse of a workout it's going to be for me and so answer this for me just as you're as you're talking about this were you and I know this would be a difficult question for a guy like you to answer but were you impressed with your performance in that 60% did you rise to the challenge no, not really. I mean, Ed, uh, admittedly, um, I did not. I did not train on the rower as much as I uh, as I probably should have. My kind of my my thoughts going uh, going into the going into the open was that I was going to need to. I wanted to make sure that I could uh, contribute a score to uh, to our team and try to help us uh, get back to regionals. So I kind of figured, you know, I got a I got a budget in my training time and what I'm spending time doing. Even if I were to spend a lot of time on the rower, I would not become. I would. I would not get to the point where I'm an excellent rower or one of the top two or three rowers on the team. So I try to spend most of my time 
getting uh, working on working on intensity, uh, cycle time, and uh, trying to make sure that I don't lose a lot of that I didn't lose a lot of strength leading up to the open. So uh, I figured if a if a if a workout came out that did have rowing in it, I could just play damage control and do well on every on all the other movements in that workout. I did not anticipate the rowing being over half of the workout though. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I was not happy with my performance on that one. And uh, the last one, the eighteen uh, five, that was the one that they voted on. It ended up being the seven minutes of thrusters and chested bar pull ups, and those are uh, those are two movements that uh, uh, I usually like. <laughs> but um, I, I did end up P, uh, getting a PR on that workout, so I was happy with it. But um, it was uh, it was the last the last week of the open. I knew it was gonna you know just be seven minutes of pain and. Um, was a uh, not not overall happy with the with the way it went though. You bring up an interesting point there in that and I think this is something that's good for all of the athletes that are listening. Your goals affect your training and your training affects your performance. So even though you hit a workout right out of the gate that wasn't specifically designed for you, you're able to roll back and you've got some history there as to how your year has gone because honestly that could have thrown you for the rest of the open. Like, man, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to hit all this stuff and you kind of start to panic, but you've got something to call back on and say, I've got some goals here. I've trained for a year this way. This isn't as bad as it may seem. Oh, yeah, sure. And I definitely had to kind of reel myself back in after that workout, especially after I saw where the uh, where the final standings were that uh, <clears throat> I kind of have a a certain range that uh, that I want most of my workouts to fall in. And I had not I did not have a workout uh, f- uh, score score in that range in like two or three years. So, I mean, it, it bummed me out, you know pretty good uh, at first but um like like I said I had to pretty much just keep telling myself what I just said that you know it's not it's not about you this year you know you're trying to help the team and uh you purposefully did not row so that you could you know work on make sure make your strengths stronger and try to be and try to help the team out more yeah that makes a lot of great sense and it, it kind of makes me recall something I've uh heard you talk about and seen you write on on the blog Hunter that the motivation of success of other people is actually a stronger driver for you than individual success. So there's just a lot of that swirling around our box right now. For you in particular, though, I'm very interested to see if there was one because uh, you're pretty you're a pretty level headed guy. At least that's what you uh, portray as the open is, is working out. Was there one when it was announced? You're like, dang, of all the things, that thing. Uh, I don't know if there was one that I was upset about when they announced it. Um, I was surprised that they had handstand walking. Um, I hadn't been practicing handstand. Somebody walking in here was. Not yeah, surprised. let's bring that up. We got to talk about that for a second. Uh, Chris is like, "Here are my predictions based on all these, uh, you know, all the science and medical research." You're gonna have handstand <laughs> medical research. Hunter pops in. Based on the constellations, all the prophets, up all, today. All, the, all the stars are pointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you work in the Old Testament. It's a definite gonna happen. Hunter's, Hunter comes up to the mic. He's like, "No, there's no way. You no can't way. measure that. There's literally no way." Well, oh, I, I mean, I, I admit I was I was dead wrong on that one. <laughs> I don't think I'd handstand walk in about three that's, months. That's what, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I guess I better get down there and learn remember how to handstand walk again. Um, but you know, it 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 went as well as it it could have uh, for me. Um, I you know I wasn't really you know say I was upset about any of the workouts. I I will say I was surprised at how bad eighteen five hurt because I've done it personally 
at least five times, if not more. And I can never remember it being that bad. I did it the first year they announced it and, uh, 2011 and I couldn't butterfly chest of bars. I could only do regular kipping. So I couldn't go super fast on it. Um, the second year I had butterflies and I mean, but I mean, I still wasn't able to get super far. Um, and then, I mean, we had redone it last year. We, we tested it out last year before the open and I, I, it didn't hurt that bad. And I, it, it hurt. <laughs> I was I almost threw up afterwards <laughs> the first time I did it. I was laid out for about 30 minutes. There's like a, vi- Nick took a video of me an hour afterwards and put it on our social media and I was looking at myself. I was like, "Man, I look drunk." <laughs> like, uh, my eyes are glazed over. It so, was perfect, man. Watching that, he's asking you a question, and you can tell in that video that you're like, "Really listen." Yeah, yeah you have, you've got that drunk look about you. Like, and I know I've got to answer. A, I had a friend message me. He's like, "You look terrible." <laughs> I'm like, "Man, that was like literally an hour it's, after the workout." It's so bad, man. Like, yeah. if, especially if you're waiting your turn and somebody does that workout before you, and I mean, you're just looking. You know how bad it's going to hurt, but you're looking for it just any any good sign at all that maybe it's not going to be as bad as you think. And then you just see people rolling around the floor. I mean, I felt like I was going to throw up battery acid for the next 45 minutes (laughs) when I got done. That was a perfect description. I redid it and got better on Monday and it didn't hurt near as bad. I I think I broke, broke the thrusters up a little bit earlier and it felt better. Um, between 18.3 and 18.5, those were the two most painful. I thought the rest weren't super bad. Um, the first one I liked, um, I thought it was going to be all about the rowing like Chris talked about. It turned out it was a lot more involved as far as transitions and cycle speed on the reps than I thought it would. But it was still still a pretty good workout. And it, it was just kind of, you know, 20 minutes of just steady, steady work. So it wasn't terrible. Um, and the, the, the burpee front squat workout, I sandbagged pretty good so I could get a big clean so it didn't hurt too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Killed my score individually, but, you know, like Chris said, we were trying to do the best we could for our team, and I was able to contribute to uh, get a PR on my clean on that. And then the third and the fifth one, they they both hurt. And the fourth, the handstand walk, it was just – you know, hurt until you get to the handstand walk. And then for me, it was just try to get as much handstand walk as I could. So I wouldn't say – I think last year as a whole was a lot more painful open Absolutely. Than, this, than this year was. Yes. Um, I think this was probably one of the least painful opens we've had in, in the past few years. So um, as a whole, not too bad. It was it was really – it was really cool, like, with a, with that workout. Was that a that, – yeah, that was two with 18-2 and 18-2A. Yeah. Um. It was it was the exact opposite for me. Hunter was trying to get a big score on his clean, and I was trying to get a big score on the first part on the squats and the and the burpees over bar, and um, that was a that was a really cool dynamic with that workout. Um, trying to uh, trying to get the best score for your team, you know, you could potentially you know just kind of sacrifice one half in order to make one half better. And so I did basically the opposite. I knew I had to go really really hard on that first part to be able to contribute a score because i wasn't going to hit the clean that hunter and nate were going that we're going to hit yeah and we had that you know chris and ty both like killed themselves on the first part and then their cleans really suffered it and it really hurt the overall scores and then um i did that and then uh april ended up getting a really big clean and taking a big hit on her first score so we had like four people who finished a lot lower than they should have in the region and in the state because of that one workout. But, you know, it helped the team out and the team yeah. ended up finishing a lot higher. Than, Worth it. Than we, uh, <laughs> and speaking of 18, two and 18, two a, like 
Doesn't that mean they're supposed to be 18 to B? Like, didn't you learn that in like in elementary school? Like when you're when you're doing stuff like if there's an A, there has to be a B. That, that's what that's what I thought. And I was like, man, this guy. Yeah. Well, he doesn't operate by any set of rules but his own. That's that's a definite fact. Yeah. So this is some language I've uh, heard come out on a lot of interviews that you guys have done and the talking we've done about team. I just uh, want to kind of tease this question out a little bit. The difference between because the Coyote team is uh, returning to regionals, we should definitely celebrate that as a as a huge victory. <laughs> thank, thank you Chase but you guys have talked about the difference between one year and the next and I think there's a lot of lessons there for for athletes in general specifically for people who are participating in CrossFit the start was so different you guys talk about last year how you felt like you were kind of making up for a poor start there was a lot of stress involved who's going to do this who's going to do that and I noticed from our <coughs> from our competitors, not just the guys that are officially on the team, but all the competitors uh, back there. It just seemed to be a lot more relaxed tone. Oh, yeah. And the performance was, was – this is kind of a leading question here. Because of that posture, the performance was e- was even better. Uh, so you guys, there's just a really big difference between la- last year and this year. Yeah, the, the the stress of the Open is one thing, but, I mean, but when you're having to fight just to get back to the bubble from week one, man, it was – I that I hated that last year. I mean, everybody was you're already on edge, but then you've got the pressure of just you're just constantly thinking like, man, I really hope we get a good workout this week. Hope something turns out well, and um, it was so it, it made training so much easier through the open this time around because I mean you're you, you're right we're a little little looser. Everybody's a little more relaxed, and you know by the time we got to uh, to week three, we had you know built up a pretty big lead on the uh, on those on that 15th place and it was definitely a much better uh, much better atmosphere going into going into the stretch run this time yeah I think last year after the first week we were like 26th and then you know we weren't back down into qualifying position until like the third or fourth week mm-hmm. and then I mean we didn't even find out we were going to regionals until like a month after yeah because we were like what 16th 17th no we were 14th but then we're like well we know they're going to take the individuals off the leaderboard and then that's going to change the team leaderboard so we got to wait to see what happens on that and so you know we weren't for sure that we were going and then this year we started off the first week we were 19th but then after the the clean and the burpee workout which we got like second and 10th on all of a sudden we're in top 10 and have a huge cushion like chris said so it was definitely a lot more a uh, lot more fun that way. It makes the open a lot more enjoyable, like like, like Chris said. Instead of hoping, God, we got to have a workout that that's in our wheelhouse if we have a chance. Um, and I think also too, we didn't really know what to expect coming into this year um, with them changing the team format. Nobody really knew how good the teams are going to be because it's a four person teams instead of six person teams. So you can't really compare to last year. You know, we didn't know how many super teams there were going to be. You know, we didn't know how you know, all the pieces were going to fall into place for us. So it was kind of like pretty open as far as going into the open, what was going to happen. And then, you know, after two weeks, we were kind of like settled in. I was like, okay, I'll say for me, this was the most enjoyable open I've had in a long time. Uh, It was fun uh, being, it was not nearly as stressful as it has been in the past when I've been trying to qualify individually and as, as a team. And, 
Um, I just really, really enjoyed it. But I will say I was glad it was over with after doing the five yeah. weeks for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when you're winning, this is something we can say. When you're winning, it's easier to keep winning. That's just, I don't know what yeah. what what it is about that. But you're right. You relax. <laughs> you start to trust yourself and you're training a little more. And I'm trying to get you guys to maybe correlate this a little bit to the average person coming in off the street that does what we call the front board that, you know, is it important and how, how do they, if they go through a season where they're not having a lot of wins, we train in cycles and sometimes cycles are just bad cycles for people. Is there a way for the average CrossFit athlete to drop in that feeling, that experience that you guys just had in a tough, stressful cycle to get some wins? Is, is there a way to do that without departing from the program or could you depart from the program? I think, um, the first thing that you got to do is you really got to go into it first being, um, uh, being realistic and honest about what you define as success because there's only so many things that you can control you know no matter what your score is you can't go out there and play defense you can't go uh knock somebody off the pull-up bar and take some reps away from them <laughs> so um the, what the only you have to uh, you have to be honest about where you are as a uh, as an athlete and how and where you are in your uh, in your training and um <clears throat> get with your get with your coach and say, you know, what are some realistic goals for, uh, for this part of my, uh, for this part of my training cycle or the open and, um, and, uh, stick to, and, uh, stick to that. You know, uh, I was having this conversation with somebody, ye- uh, yesterday that was maxing out their front squat. He, uh, he hit, uh, he hit a five pound, uh, PR and he was like, uh, you know, do you think I should go up uh 20 pounds? And I was like, let me give you some advice on weightlifting. Don't, get greedy hmm. with your PRs. Don't, you know, like if you start having a little bit of success, don't get greedy and keep reaching for that, uh, you know, that, uh, that pie in the sky, really, uh, set those goals, stick with them, make them, make it low hanging fruit. And then as you progress, you can, uh, set those goals a little bit higher. Yeah. That's great advice, man. I think most people would do really well to take advantage of that yeah. because what we do see in athletes is that they they have some frustrations and they shut down mm-hmm. and everything becomes a frustration and then they lose track of what they're actually in there for right they, their goals start to change and then they just the, the wheels come off the bus they kind of start wigging out a little bit and uh that for me watching the open participating in the open it's like this really intense season that describes the rest of the year you know i can right. take this one workout on a friday and just let it wreck the rest of my week or keep me from coming in for two two and a half weeks yeah like it, you, you can't control um what's going to come out of the hopper you don't know what dave castro is going to throw out there so i mean a good goal would be to say you know okay i'm going to make sure that the uh the two nights leading up to the open i gonna make sure that i'm getting in bed and i'm getting plenty of rest so that i can give my best effort every time that'd be something solid to do yeah just I, an example i think a lot of people get frustrated because they have unrealistic expectations uh they expect themselves to do a certain thing or a certain way and they're probably not honest with themselves about where they actually are and also what how how much work they've put into i think people always or a lot of people overestimate how hard they're working and they tend to forget you know <clears throat> skipping a lot of the stuff that they didn't do or they're not really on top of their nutrition they're not really on top of their sleep they hadn't been doing the things that they think they do and i think if you have an honest assessment and say did I really do everything I I should have to get to to where I wanted to be? I think they would realize, you know, I probably didn't. 
um, for the most part. And so I think just having realistic expectations say, you know what, this has been a tough year. I've had a lot of stress in my life. I've got a lot going on outside the gym. This is probably not going to be my best open. Um, I'm just going to do my best. And that that's going to that's going to give you a lot better mindset because at the end of the day, you get, you get what you deserve as far as your ranking, you, you, you rank where you should rank. And so, um, that's just showing you, Hey, this is where I'm at at this particular time. This doesn't define me. This is not, um, this number on a leaderboard does not define who I am as a person or my fitness level. This is just one data point in my life. This is showing me where I am. So, you know, I, I, if I'm not happy with where I finished, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and figure out what went wrong and fix it or say, you know what, it, it's really not that big a deal. I don't really care that much about it. I don't really want to make a big change in my life. So, okay, well, I'm just going to do the best that I can and, um, and be happy with whatever happens. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it goes back to the comparison. You know, People start looking at where other people are, where they rank in the world, where they rank in the state, where they rank in the region. And they're not happy with the the position they're in, um, but you know it's 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 just a it's just a uh, a game. You know, it's five weeks, yeah. and so I think you know nobody came into CrossFit specifically to do the open. You know, I think everybody came in to just have a fit and healthy life. So if you you know, it's really easy to get caught up in this game of of fitness and, and comparing yourself to others. But at the end of the day, that's not why you started, you know, you started for other reasons. So if you start feeling down on, on your ranking or whatever, you can look back and say, well, man, I'm way fitter than I was when I started, or I'm way fitter than I was a year ago. I might, it might not, I might not be happy with where I rank on the leaderboard, but man, I am achieving what is really more important to me. I'm healthier. I'm going to have a better life, a longer life, a uh, better lifestyle because of, of what I've been doing. You guys are so good about this, and, and we get into this type of conversation actually a lot because it's so important. Uh, but you guys always are saying, let's pull back to the facts. Like, let's take your emotion out of it, and let's pull back to the facts. Well, what what was your limiter? And based on that limiter, how does it fit into the rest of the year? And what are your overall goals for, for even being in here? In fact, Hunter, you just released on our blog, which people can find at uh, coyotecrossfit.com. They can just click on that blog link a way to really talk about what the true metrics are and to measure against that. There's such an awesome part about this sport is that it is so mathematical to a, to a large degree. If, if you can hit this lift, you're probably going to get this result. If you can make this time on a thousand meter row, you're probably going to get this result. There's a lot of science behind it and the emotion just really confuses that. So to help athletes kind of calm down just a touch and remember their overall goals and something you suggested chris have a conversation about it this is something that we yeah. see happen a lot people just clamp down and they're not talking but that that frustration is going to work its way out some some way and normally it's going to work its way out by nutrition being compromised which only adds to the problem yeah absolutely i think uh, another thing you have to look at too is <clears throat> especially if you if you've been training in a crossfit gym for a long time you tend to forget the fact that uh you are you're training fitness with uh, with other uh, with other people, and those are kind of the only people that you really compare yourself to. But then take a take a step back and look at the whole rest of the population of the world. Think about your uh, you know ten people that you know outside of the gym, and then start comparing yourself. You start comparing yourself to that, and you're like, you know what? I'm a little bit higher up than you than I think I am when you when you look at the when you look at the entire world like that yeah yeah and and 
you know, look at the leaderboard like Meredith uh, just won, won first place in the state in, yeah. in the in the uh, women's division. So she will be named the fittest woman in the state of Mississippi. And, you know, we get a lot of guys who want to compare their numbers to her and, well, I need to be able to snatch more than her or whatever. Well, well hey, you know, look, she is the fittest female in the whole state, you know. So that – you know, don't get caught up in comparing yourself to somebody else because, you know, like Chris said, everybody's in there training for, for fitness. And, you know, it's, it's really easy to look and see what other people are doing, but compare yourself to the other 3 million people who live in the state, you know, three and a half million or whatever, who, or, you know, in the world or wherever the case may be, who are not doing anything, who are sitting on the couch all day, you know, you're, you're, you're lapping them. Um, so I think that's the, to keep that in mind, the bigger picture, you know, the open is for fun and for 99.999% of the people, they're not getting paid for doing to do it. So it should be for fun. And it is not at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. We've talked about that before. It's not that important in, in two, in a year and six months, you're not going to care where you finish in the, yeah. in the open. So it, it, it may even be a good conversation for, athletes to have with their with their coaches to even you know sit back and say you know hey look am i in a a place mentally where i should even do the open you know like if you if you're if you're somebody who is constantly down on yourself all the time you know having your scores compared to uh, to other people and, and having a number put on you might not be the healthiest thing for you to do right now yeah and if those results are going to make you quit or you fall off the wagon for two or three months because you you're just, I'm just not getting where I thought I would be. Yeah, you don't need to be doing it yeah. because it's it's not healthy for you. It should be good and should be bringing out the best in you. But if it's bringing out the worst in you and causing you to question why you're even doing it, then you don't need to be doing it because that is the opposite of what it should be doing. Mm-hmm. The, speaking of the opposite of what someone should be doing, uh, I keep waiting for Meredith to bring this up, but. Uh, in this last year of training, there were way more Fridays that she and I actually trained together. <laughs> and uh, she just keeps like, you know, hard work. And I just love what I do on all these interviews. And I keep waiting for her to mention all those Fridays that Ben Derrick was here really pushing me to do my best. <laughs> She's not bringing it up. Could you guys work on that for me? How many yeah. rounds can I beat Ben by today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Next, next subject. Next subject. <laughs> so here's something I want to suggest because this is something that has worked for me because I'm one of those guys that uh, I, I really do get down when I see – I, I like celebrate other athletes when they do a great job, but then on the drive home, I'm like, man, I'm, what am I even doing this for? I'm going to join the Globo gym. I'm going to do some curls or whatever, get out of this. And I just, I do a lot of mental stuff around CrossFit, which is part of why I love it so much. Cause it's, it's a thinking game. But, um, one thing that I do to keep myself from comparing to other athletes that I'm around a lot, because inside of Coyote, there are some really elite <laughs> CrossFit athletes. I mean, the, the numbers are bearing that out. I've got a picture of myself that was about six months before I started doing CrossFit in my buddy's driveway. And I, I literally look like I'm on chemotherapy. It's, it's ridiculous because I was just running. And that's the picture that I have in my mind when I, when I get in those down moments. And I think a lot of athletes would benefit from that, especially in a, the picture culture, a selfie culture that we're in to pick that one picture that wherever that starting place was documented for you and constantly go back to that because it's we know that that's going to be nothing but encouraging right right absolutely yep. Yep. Go, oh yeah sorry go ahead well i mean you know uh, hunter had his uh, his article not long ago about uh you know knowing your why and uh and sticking to it and um 
that has that has to be your uh, that has to be your true north. I mean that that needs to be uh, whatever whatever it might be. I mean like for you, it's you know it's looking back at where at where you were and knowing where you want to go. But um, having that that you can uh, that you can always uh, that you can always turn to when um when times get hard that you can come back and you know write it down so that you can read it aloud to yourself. This is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it and this is where I want to go with it. Yeah, go back to why you started in the first place. You know, well, like I started said, to get Stephen Sollard yeah. shut up. That's why I started. <laughs> well, that still hasn't happened. <laughs> well, at least he's 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 taking his attention to other people you know, for the most part. Yeah. Other, that's victims. Right. Yeah, yeah, other victims. That's, that's why I recruited uh, guys like Tim Bell just to get the attention off of me. That that has <laughs> and worked. He takes it so personally too. It's funny to watch. Well, uh, before we move on, I wanted to talk about you know maybe some potential changes that could be made to the open because. In my opinion, I think it's just getting old, and it's just kind of broken. Um, when I, when you when you really look at it, I mean, just with the potential, they're going to have to find ways to get to do other things. Because if you're only limited to this scope of movements, there's literally only so many workouts yeah. you could possibly do. It's it's the same basic test every year. Yeah, they're adding in new movements, but it's still the same type of test, just with dumbbells instead of barbells or whatever, and the same type of people are doing better but i think that with this many people in the open for them to cut down to that few amount of people i mean there's there's a guy dakota rager who didn't even qualify for regionals and he won uh one workout in the world he won like three workouts in his region um just because he only cleaned 311 and if, if he had cleaned five more pounds he'd be in there like i mean that's just too big of a cut in my opinion i think they need to add a step in between regionals and the open I think the open's great, you know, make it all-inclusive, but don't cut down to 20 people. I think you need to cut down to 60 like you used to because I really do think they're they're cutting out some of the top people in the world. Um, I agree. I, w- I would like to see some kind of online qualifier like they do. Yeah, yeah, online qualifier. To- and then, you know, they're doing one workout a week. That is not <coughs> anything like the regionals or the games. You know, yeah. to, you, you do not have to be super fit to be able to do one workout a week. You know, and, you know, you add the regionals in the games uh, and uh, I think there's a lot more of a fitness component, recovery component to it. Um, I think five weeks is way too long. It just drags on way, way, way too long. Um, I would like to see him drop it down to three weeks and maybe do two workouts a week. Um, that way you add in more of a recovery aspect and you take a lot of the gamesmanship and leaderboarding out like. You know, it's people are looking at other people's scores and figuring out exactly how they can set their stuff up uh, so that they can get a better score and get better transitions. And it's more all about transitions instead of fitness level. So I would like to see him drop it down three weeks, um, two workouts a week, cut it down to 60. And then do we want to talk about the handstand push-up standard? I mean, what an absolute nightmare. I mean, you talk about Jacob Hepner, who literally had a chance – I thought he had a chance to take Frazier down this year. He was he is super fit right now. He's putting up incredible scores, he's, and he can barely get through the handstand push-ups. Not going to go to regionals because his forearms are too long. Yeah, he can barely get through that. He's one of the best in the world at handstand push-ups. Like, that standard was bogus. I mean, I, it, it's stupid. I don't understand why they're being so strict on the handstand push-up um, where everything else they're not strict. Like, they don't put a uh, – I was joking about this, like – for the thrusters that you're going to have to measure, stand up on your tippy toes, shrug your shoulders and put your bar up in the air and then put a line. Then your bar has to touch the line every single time you go overhead. They don't do that for overhead. They don't do that for squat depth. I mean, I think squat depth is something that's more, um, 
more open to interpretation than anything. With Absolutely. You, you'll watch a lot of these top guys' videos, and they they don't even hit parallel every single time, a single time on their squats. So, I mean, it's just so open to interpretation, and you, you just – put such a strict standard in there on the handstand push-up you're taking it out of the athlete's hands and putting it in the judge's hands and so yeah. I, I i did not agree with that at all i think i thought it was a terrible idea and there is an uproar in the community as there should be um but like i said getting back to it i think the open is broken it was a cool idea i think they need some drastic overhauls to it you know this if they want to make this a professional sport which is where it's going they need to have a much better qualification system than this agreed well fascinating discussion so far i hate to do this but we got to kind of start making the transition so if we could just get you guys get your final thoughts on the open 18 it was definitely a lot more fun than i thought it was going to be uh with every single workout i thought in terms of a variety of different uh different tests and stimulus i thought it was i thought it was you know pretty close you had a short sprint you had something really heavy you had um um you had a, you had a long aerobic workout you had a lot of skill and uh and then you had just all out pain at the you know, a couple of times in there so overall i thought it was one of my favorites so far yeah i thought i thought it was good uh overall like i said i would like to see some changes in the future made but as as far as how it's set up now i thought it was you know, good, well-programmed. Uh, if you're going to compare it to the past ones. Yeah, yeah, solid. definitely. Wide wide variety of stuff, well-programmed, um, good mix of skill and strength. Um, and, you know, I think if you, as an athlete, can keep in mind that it's for fun and it really doesn't matter all that much and use it to fuel yourself going forward and give you motivation going forward as opposed to um, making you feel down on yourself, I think it's a great tool uh, for that and it's uh, just a great you know measuring stick every year other than that don't don't read too much more into it than that well I for one am glad that we're as, about as far away from the next open as you can possibly be yeah. so uh, <laughs> all right so we go into our next segment Chase this is where you get very opinionated yeah this is where I can talk now that's yeah. right Ooh. yeah yeah so we're leading into outside the box yeah wow. nailed it <laughs> oh man i'm getting so good at that watch out dr pepper guy all right so today we're going to talk about uh I, I hope that's the right soft drink i have no it's, idea what you're talking yeah, about yeah. let it's me just be dr. clear pepper, that i, I don't i yeah. don't drink soft drinks can i that's i feel like i should probably say that i don't believe you <laughs> your trash can in your office uh, determines easy, that's a lie easy. all right game shows game shows so today we're talking about game shows top four game shows this is going to be very very personally driven what what you're attracted to in a game show it's gonna make you know you're like a brunette guy blonde guy just all depends so we're gonna talk about our top four game shows we're gonna start with four and work our way up and from discussion off mic i think this is gonna be a pretty exciting (laughs) exciting topics because suddenly as we were building these lists i felt like i was an 85 year old man you know like i was like like i was there you just now started feeling like that man (laughs) oh easy easy all right so what we're gonna do is start with chase because i feel like he's gonna have no no we have our usual order. No, we are starting with you because you're probably there gonna have a total some... garbage answer. No, it's gonna be great. And it's whatever. probably gonna be the same one as Hunter's, but it's fine. Uh, Alright, whatever. I don't care. I'll just start breaking freaking tradition, you jerk. <laughs> Alright, number four on my list of top four game shows of all time uh is Legends of the Hidden Temple. Now, a lot of you fifty year old men are ha- gonna have no idea what that show is, even is yeah. that's fine it just means you missed out on the kind of sounds part like of the an 90s. indiana jones movie or it basically 
That's yeah. essentially what it was. Did you never get to see it? I don't think so. Oh man, oh, man. What what? Where was it? Nickelodeon. It's or? Nickelodeon. Yeah, no, it was like late '90s, early 2000s, yeah. kind of. Or maybe that's just the reruns. Probably I don't know. Mid '90s. I yeah. Like, I had my first job by then. Nickelodeon. I, I think. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, Grandpa. Uh, yeah. All right, okay, so just briefly explain the show All to right. me. So, uh, the Indiana Jones is a. A great uh, relation between the two things. Um, it's essentially kids uh, trekking through this game show that puts them up against challenges within like this uh, temple-based thing. Like there's a freaking talking statue that's like guiding the whole game. They're p- competing for tokens of something. I don't remember. Okay, what. wait. I think I vaguely do remember. Yeah. This. Were they like sleeping in huts and there was a redheaded guy that was the host? Uh, no. no. No? Negative. Oh, sorry. I was trying Way to catch off. up with you guys. <laughs> Wait, but, I think I remember this. Were there suitcases with a lot of money in it? <laughs> no, wrong show. But it's essentially like it's like a huge jungle gym of just random ancient uh, structures. And there's like ghosts hidden inside. There's people. It's really, it sounds like an acid trip with what I'm saying, but it's, <laughs> it was really good. I, That's what Nickelodeon's known I'm for. I'm really just praying that it's on Horses Hunter's list. and a man on fire? It, hey, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go into more detail when I all get right, to cool. it. Because <laughs> so, you were not prepared at all for no, this description. <laughs> no, no, no. It was this game show It was thing on television. It was a competition. <laughs> not sure when or people what happened. The, but the essential <laughs> part is the talking head statue. That's the greatest part of the whole thing and I can't even remember his name I wasn't go Ben so you dumb dumb give me gum gum like that kind of talking statue no, you're thinking of Night at the Museum. Okay, I don't know. Well, just reaching. Looked right. a lot like that, though. Yeah, so this will, my part of all this is going to be quick because I remember when game shows were very low-tech and incredibly awesome, and they weren't affected by all this reality TV garbage, and I had to walk to school in the snow, uphill both ways. That, those are the game shows that I remember, okay? <laughs> All right, so my, first, my my number four, man, this was a tough decision, but not, my number four is Card Sharks. What the heck Which you guys that? don't even remember. No. But it was, it was a, a game based off of, and I'll have to admit it was kind of a knockoff of The Price is Right, uh, but it was a game show based off cards, and the, the playing cards were like three feet by four and a half feet. They were gigantic, and you, <laughs> it was kind of like you're playing blackjack with these huge cards, and you had to. A guy had to guess. Okay, if if uh, the eight of spades comes out, is the next card that they reveal is it going to be lower or higher? And it was back during the day where the crowd would get really involved, and I don't know. It was just fascinating to me. So I think the potential win, if you had the perfect round, was like twenty eight thousand dollars. That shows how old this game was. Wow. Anyway, yeah, you should look it up. It is like. One of the just quintessential old perfect game shows. What so a great word! I'll leave it there. Thank you. I use that early because I'm, I'm still tr- even though I know I'm going to lose all this today, I'm still trying to make my case for my number four. So anyway, there it is. Okay, so I'll talk about the Legends of the Hidden. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had it farther down my list, but I'll go ahead and talk about it. So there are six teams. And the teams were the Blue Barracudas. The You're gr- cheating. You looked it up. <laughs> you got to be prepared, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's not that, not that. The Green Monkeys, the Silver Snakes, the Purple Parrots, the Red Jaguars, and the Orange Iguanas. Somehow the Red Jaguars always won, yeah. by the way. I always, I would, Purple Parrots is one I always remembered. Um, so what they did was they divided them into teams, and there was four different stages, and like elimination stages, and they would cut down... And then at the very end, there would be one team left, and they would get to run through the hidden temple to try to get the silver monkey. 
out of the the hidden temple <laughs> and and uh like there was like different rooms in the temple and in each room you had to like unlock like figure out a puzzle and unlock the the door so you can move on to the next stage and they had a certain amount of time to run through and uh get get the get the the silver monkey or whatever and then um it was pretty, pretty sweet. I, See, I have, my acid trip thing wasn't that far off. Yeah, that's the was, only <laughs> way they thought of this yeah, crap. Yeah. So it, uh, it it originally aired from 1993 to 1995, and then in the reruns were from oh, 99 I, to 2007. I so watched you definitely only... Were on, you're, yeah, you're on the reruns, bro. I'm not an OG, sorry. Uh, also, uh, in, in the same vein, also uh, loved Guts uh, on Nickelodeon yeah. as Wait, well. So what's your number four? Uh... I'll just make Legends oh, of yeah. Temple oh, yeah, four. Okay, I'll, <laughs> a, I'll, I'll just I don't I didn't really have a firm one through four ranking, so I'll just say Legends of Temple number four. Okay, uh, with a tie with Guts uh, because uh, Guts was awesome as well. Both the Nickelodeon shows. All right, Chris, go ahead, please. All right, so my number four was The Price Is Right. Just Man. just because that's what I that's what, was what I that remember. One? Huh? What was that one? Could you describe the <laughs> the show outlook for that? The price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I ever think about when I think about the price is right. Yeah, it was a, it was basically I mean, they they would pull people out of the uh, out of the audience and you would have like a like a play in. You'd have to guess the price on a, on a certain item to be able to actually participate in the rest of uh in the rest of the game. Whoever would guess closest to the price would go on and go do these different uh. These different uh, these different games with different challenges, and they'd have a lot of cool prizes. I just remember uh, it would always be on. Like if I had a gap there in between classes, when I could go back to the uh, go back to the dorm room, it was the only thing on uh, on TV. And so it uh, it took up uh, it took up some time. I really rank my my game shows on just ability to just sit there and watch, and that's like and that's all you need. You don't really need to be just thoroughly entertained, just enough to draw you in. Mm. So that's why Prices Rise is my number four. For the record, I was thinking of the show Endurance that is like Survivor, so you guys can go check that out. I don't remember what you yeah, were talking about. Definitely <laughs> yeah, definitely not I won't do that, that out. <laughs> <laughs> Based on my first recommendation. I, I will, will never be checking There were playing cards on TV. It was awesome. <laughs> wow. All right, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to recover a little bit on my next one, but you got to lead out with your three. As angry as you are at me right now, I think you need to work through that a little bit, but roll out your number three on your game show. All right, so my number three is the age-old classic of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh, Slumdog Millionaire version, by the way. It's the only version you should watch. Um, the one with the lady? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the torture that we don't talk about, apparently. Mm. Or, no, no, no. I'm the, no, it was Regis. Was Regis the original host? Regis yeah. was yeah. the original yeah. I'm no, host. I do not was the one with the lady? That? No, she eventually was there. No, you're talking, talking about, about you are the, you are yeah, the weakest, weakest link. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a woman that was eventually All right, if hosting. anybody in the studio right now can can do, do the jingle of when the lights actually go on the contest. Do, 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 do. Not close enough. Damn. I was gonna that bet, was pretty close. I was going to bet you a free I'm not going to try. Yeah, it's a... That's the part, man. And I remember uh, yeah. people were buying like the the computer games so they could yeah. play it at home <laughs> yeah. to prepare for getting yeah. into. That yeah. was crazy. Yeah, that show was nuts. The way it just took <laughs> over the nation. Did you ever see the SNL skit, <laughs> the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire skit? The dude answers the first answer. He's like, "So, would you like to keep playing?" No, I think I'll keep the hundred dollars. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Outro. <laughs> yeah, but we all we all know what Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is. That's probably like one of the first game shows we all ever watched. Yeah. I think it I remember when it came on, it was like 
all anybody talked about. And right. It was like, mm-hmm. who's going to win the million dollars? Who's going to win? And then yeah. finally that one guy got to the last question where everybody's like, he's on the last question. <laughs> he's like, he had one lifeline. And he had all his life. No, he had all oh, three no, lifelines. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And, he, and he's like, I'd like to phone a friend. I'm going to call my dad. He's like, dad, I just, just want to tell dollars. you that I'm about to win a million dollars. And I was like, the ball's on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and an alternate universe, he got the question wrong. Yeah. Oh, how, how awesome would that be if he had gotten it wrong? But, uh, <laughs> no, he nailed it. That dude, that dude was all over it, man. All right, go, Ben. You had to be pretty smart to. No, uh, no, no, to no, go, go. Don't explain. Go. Well, okay. So when I when I hit a game show, I do know, and I want to talk about it. You shut me down. Yeah, is that absolutely. How it goes? Yeah, yeah. All right. So my number three, and uh, this is boy. I think this is going to be a bad scene for me as well. But whose line is my number three? Is that a is that is that a game show though? Yes, like, it has that, to yes, be. Yes, it is. Yeah, we Hunter and I were arguing about more, this. I see it was not comedy. an argument. He's, he says at the very beginning, That's it's a I'm game at. show where the points don't matter same and, question. and the rules well, are made well, up, which makes it a, basically a skit comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's a game show. They call it a game show. There's a winner at the end of every week. Every week. Every I'll put episode. the small caveat in there. I if we were going to count that, that would that would have been my number one. Oh yeah. Well, other than Wayne Brady, I'll say this. Other than Wayne Brady, Ryan Styles. Yeah, I like the british version much better really yeah i like the oh, british version man. much no, better it, does, it doesn't get any better than ryan and Colin i think the me. females well you still have those those elements there but the british females i think are more funny than the oh, american british humor is garbage man it's just sad it's all sad like emotionally sad <laughs> yeah. you know, man. So that's, what, that's british humor in a nutshell I, that's what i'm yeah, saying yeah. i don't want to watch that Maybe I'm just a melancholy kind of guy. Yeah, that's what I'm gathering. You need to stop picking on me. Yeah, we hit the space bar. We're going to fight this out and then come back to the microphones. All right, so let me ask this real And we're back. Chase is in the hospital. (laughs) So what's your favorite favorite skit on Who's Line? I'll I'll elaborate later. I liked uh, Props. That was my favorite. Props, props was awesome, man. man. But they don't do it very often. But Props was awesome. No, Scenes from a Hat was great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really pissed off that you made this your number three. (laughs) <laughs> it's really ruining my thunder, man. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so we should move on. So I don't yeah, even remember your number three. Did you say a three? Uh, yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple. It's all four of my answers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who's next? Hunter's uh, up next? Yeah, my number three was Whose Lines It Anyway as well. That was a great show. I I, I watched you know every single night when it came on. Uh, I saw a meme uh, yesterday, I think, and it was, uh, and he asked the question like, uh, "Say something that would start a fight." <laughs> it was Colin, and he goes, "Hey man, you want to start a fight?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was like too. they need to bring that show back. I was oh, like, man, well, they, they really did, do. but it's uh, it's not, it's the, not same. the same without Drew Carey. But yeah, yeah uh, Wayne Brady, man, he was hilarious. That dude was that dude funny. could carry a Is he still skit, do man. anything? Is he on anything? He's back. He, on he's the, actually the on the new the new oh, line. Yeah. Yep. He what? was like a he was doing a lot of online personality stuff for a while, like YouTube based stuff. Well, he was made for a show like that because yeah. he was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he even made his coffee commercial funny. You guys remember that? Nope. I just <laughs> loved how Drew Carey would be just dying out laughing uncontrollably like the whole episode. Like he couldn't even control himself. It was so funny. But yeah, that was a great show. If you ever get a chance to go back and watch the roast of Drew Carey, that was great. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Uh, the uh, my number three is uh Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. What? I've never what? heard of that in my life. All right. <laughs> Have you not seen that? He's out in the desert. Yeah, no, I know. I saw a couple of like, Imagine Survivor mixed with American Gladiators in a trailer park. That's essentially what this show what this show is. <laughs> well, it's, I have to watch it now. It uh, it starts off, I think, with uh, I think it's like eight contestants, and uh, they just they uh, they. Uh, they go through, I think, three rounds. So there's like these elimination style challenges, 
at the end of it, there's uh, there's one person left, and they have to do the uh, the skull buster, which is basically this really long obstacle course that ends with a 20 foot rope climb, and let uh, there is a there is a time to beat from the first episode. So from the first episode, there's a there's a set time to beat, and whoever has that time to beat gets ten thousand dollars per episode until somebody breaks their or until somebody beats their time. And wow. the, yeah, one of the one of the first uh, guys uh, record holders was uh, was Tommy Hackenbrook, guy who's been to the CrossFit Games a couple of times. And he held it for a long time. There's been a lot of CrossFit athletes that have been on that show mm-hmm. too. Uh, yeah. One of Mare's best friends was on the show too, and then a girl I competed with was on it. It's it's a cool show. It's yeah, pretty intense. Oh, and a uh, guy I went to high school with was on it too. He mm-hmm. he made it to the. Uh, mm-hmm. To the last Quinn. run, and he he was like five or ten seconds short of Hackenbrook's time. So Hunter, what are you waiting on? All these people that you know on this show is it still running? Yeah, still is, is it? Still comes showing? on, comes on CMT. Maybe uh maybe I'll send in a uh, of course it's a, CMT goals. Lord. <laughs> yeah, goals. <laughs> send in a uh, qualifying tape or something. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there aren't uh, a ridiculous handstand push up standard, you're in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is it back to me? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Oh no, that's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so my number two is the age-old classic of Family Feud. You just It's hard to beat Family Feud, Family man. Feud is great. And I don't care what all the old-timers say. Steve Harvey has revitalized that oh, show. He's hilarious. Steve Harvey's it is, great, it man. Is, he is perfect for it, man. It is freaking hilarious. It could be the most boring answers ever, and it's still going to be incredible just because Steve yeah. Harvey's carrying the show. Yeah, he is good. It's seriously good. All right. I, think I don't I've, think I have to elaborate on I finally agree too much. with you on that because I like there have been what nine different hosts for that show. He's, he's yeah, all good. of them a little uh skeevy, and but thank goodness Steve Harvey because he is zero percent sexuality. Yeah. I don't think I said a word right there. Sexuality I'm, is what I said, <laughs> meant to say. <laughs> you, you get nervous you saying say that Steve word? Is zero percent. All right, all right, we're going to go ahead and skip past me. Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> all right, so my number two is The Selection. The Selection is yeah. on the History I, I Channel. I think I've known zero of your answers, man. This Except one, whose line? This one I will stand by. I, I know I'm the old guy in the room, but this one, The Selection, was incredible. I mean, what was it? So it's based Who off... Who introduced you to that show, Ben? Uh, I think it was... <laughs> uh, yeah, it was you. Mm-hmm. It was you. you got to mm-hmm. watch this. So I actually took your advice. I never take your advice in CrossFit, but when it comes to TV shows, <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, so I go home and watch this. It's so it's loosely based off of SEAL training. Yeah, it's a big trend. Oh right now. yeah, you were talking about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, you were inspired by it and all that. Big trend for people to go out to you know a beach somewhere and pretend they're a SEAL or think if they could be a SEAL. But mm. uh, the way that I don't know the way they filmed it, also the guys that were in charge of it, it just it seemed very authentic. And there are a couple of really cool stories of the people that are participating. I can't remember how many they started off with. It was like fifty. They started or? off with thirty. Thirty. Yeah. And and it wasn't it wasn't elimination. They basically you quit the last person to not quit one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the and just the way that they uh, helped people through their failure. It, it, I don't know. It is really engaging, not just entertaining. Yeah. It's engaging. And what was the guy's number twenty one? Uh, the one of the really important guys was it twenty one? Something like that. Yeah. So I mean, people started behind twenty one shirts. It's it's really really good. Even if you're not into the military side of life, it's worth looking that up. I think it was on Netflix or or Hulu. It's out there. Yeah. It, it, you can definitely find it on demand. It's definitely there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two is Jeopardy. Uh, Jeopardy's just a timeless classic. I'm always a sucker for trivia. Uh, if it's on, I'm just going to stop and watch it. Uh, and, you know, uh, 
uh, what was the, what was it called on uh, Saturday Night Live when they do the, the Celebrity, Celebrity Jeopardy? Celebrity Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that skit, it's man. It's the greatest. It <laughs> so, so any anything that spawns such a great uh, sketch on Saturday Night Live is uh, has to be up there. So uh, I love it. I love uh, Jeopardy. I'll watch it. If it's on TV, which I'm never at home when it's on TV, but if it ever is and I happen to be home, I'll watch it every time. What's your goal? My goal is to at least get one uh, answer right per round. Like of all the questions, just one. I'm trying to get one right. Setting your goals mm-hmm. real high there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me more nervous than watching Jeopardy. I Remind have to me to that. never have you on one of my no, trivia man, I'm, teams. I'm terrible at trivia. They're like, what's your first name? Oh, I knew they were going to ask this. <laughs> uh, as I'm watching these, trivia, you're like, God, I'm an idiot. Because you know they travel around the country, and you have to like, you got to pass a couple around before you even get on the show. It makes me so nervous. I worked with a guy that actually tried five separate times to get on Jeopardy, and he was. Uh, so brilliant he was socially awkward and this this guy was so smart he never could get on so when i'm watching the show and i see these guys that have worked and ladies that have worked that hard that are so smart get on there especially watching a person bomb when they get into the negative they just freak out because most of them have never failed at anything yeah i'm like this this just causes me too much anxiety i can't watch this show (laughs) and and how impressive was that guy's streak i can't remember when it was but he was he won like what like 20 or 30 times in a row i mean talk about impressive do you guys play HQ Trivia, the app? Mm-mm. You heard of it? I know it? what you're talking about. Is that the thing where you can win money? Out? Yeah, yeah. You, you download it, and they have it twice a day. Um, it's 12 questions, and then like on a big night, they'll have 15. If you get them all right, you win a piece of the of the prize. It's pretty fun, pretty addicting. Have you won any yet? No, dude, they're hard, man. Mm-hmm. They're really, I hadn't made it past question like eight, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> Loser. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, man. You, the, they give you like two or three layups, and then it starts getting hard after that, so check it out if you want all right chris we're uh to your number two it'll be quick family feud and i i share all of your opinions cool so we can move on you know what we should do at Cody? we should have like the workout starts where all the participants are in a in a fake pose where everybody it looks like a picture do you guys remember that Oh, you gotta oh, look yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they introduce the families, they're all sitting like they're in a family oh, photograph. Yeah. Back Nobody's... to back finger gun, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chase, your number one. I just can't wait. You know what it is. It's Whose Line. That is the greatest game show of all time. It, the fact that it's your number three is bewildering to me because <laughs> it is bar none. Potentially the greatest show of all time. To be fair, there have been a gajillion game shows, and we're talking about f- the top four. I mean, yeah. And this is still number one. There was a point, there was a, a guy on YouTube who had uh, bootlegged every single episode of the uh, original run of them on his YouTube channel. I watched all of them. All of them in the span of about two weeks. You have a binge-watching problem, though. We shouldn't bring that up in this particular it's, uh, it's episode. It's a binge-watching solution, because I get to watch the shows very quickly. It's not a problem. I pretty much have got it figured out. <laughs> it's more of a science. All right, so we'll, I know we're running short on time. We got to move on to my my number one is a hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Cool, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Come I on, even, I don't know that one either. So Hunter, yeah, <laughs> they've even brought it back. Let me tell you why this is my my number one because it's got clues. You have to give clues and guess. That's a big thing for me in, in shows because I'm always wondering what clues going to be given, and they would match a celebrity with just a person off the street. So you've got this element where you're like, oh my gosh, if I make this show, I'm going to be sitting down with a celebrity trying to win money, and then you get to the final round, and it's it's got um, rules around the game to where you can't make hand motions when you're giving clues. You need to look this up. This show is worth watching. Trust me. Cool. 
We'll, we'll do. We trust you. <laughs> all right, uh, I'll take your word for it. Based on all your answers today, we really trust you. Uh, I'm pretty sure Chris and I have the same number one uh, American Gladiators. No. Oh, oh my God. Oh, right. you well, tricked you into it. Oh, American Gladiators was my number one. I watched that show religiously when I was a kid. Man, I loved it. And uh, it spawned probably the greatest interview of all time, the interview with Malibu after he got knocked out. Yes. Have you guys ever seen that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, dude, I saw this guy coming, and I took the most excellent hit of my life. <laughs> he's like, next thing I know, I'm on the beach, got a little brewski in one hand, beautiful babe on the other, just getting healed by Mother Nature. And I'm, I'm fine today. He's like... Uh, Malibu took a licking and keeps on ticking. He's like, right. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so, just go on YouTube and type in Malibu American Gladiator interview. And it is, I've watched it a hundred times. It is so funny. But yeah, American Gladiators was a great, great show. Classic. Oh my gosh. I, I was always trying to figure out, is this real or is this fake? I, I never could determine. Oh, uh, American Gladiators? Yeah. Oh, it was real. Yeah, I'm not sure. Just, I, the uh, the gladiators just didn't seem that invested. It just depended on yeah, you know they were probably hung over all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the game? The, the part where they were shooting? You had to shoot the oh, the tennis balls. Yeah, out yeah, yeah. Shooting yeah. tennis balls. Man, I always wanted to. Have oh, I wanted to do that in my so backyard. Bad. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Set, I wanted to have like a birthday party where that was. Well, the thing. well, I want. I want to put one of those on the the overlook in the gym yeah, yeah. and make make that a warm up. People, <laughs> people got to make from one end of the gym to the other. I'm just up there. How shooting awesome tennis would balls that be if, if that was your birthday party and you got to get up there and just shoot? people? <laughs> that would be the best birthday party ever. Yeah. I got You're turning 43 today. Here's your gun. Except for my birthday, people would have to be working out. Like they got, they're down there doing Cindy, and I'm just shooting yeah. tennis balls at Chris them. wants one for every time somebody done squat below parallel That's on a right. wall ball. Boom. Exactly. Exactly. No, my uh, my number one is actually it, it is uh, it is American Ninja Warrior. Um, right. Even though. Um, uh, the selection would have been uh, would have been my favorite, but what I love but the thing with American Ninja Warrior is like man, once I start once I start watching it, I will sit there and watch it for hours. If they've got one of those marathon sessions of American Ninja Warrior running, I've got to be really careful about actually trying to watch it because I, I will it'll take up the rest of my afternoon. What's so fascinating about that for you? Like, what is the thing that draws you in? Oh man, I, I, well it's real real people doing really cool athletic stuff and i mean you know i can i'm not, not gonna say i can relate but i can i can understand like just the incredible grip strength and the athleticism that the and precision that these guys have to have to be able to uh negotiate these obstacles it's incredible yeah i love that part too I th- for me part of it also is seeing guys that are really good they're prepared and sometimes it yeah. just goes wrong you know yeah the, you know the, they the, these guys have they've been they've been training for it you know that it's their deal they're trying to get on that show and it's just oh man it's just so cool to watch and of course american ninja warrior is a knockoff of the japanese show extreme elimination challenge Absolutely, <laughs> it is easily if it was a real game show easily number one but unfortunately i don't think it was for for the for those of you out there, if you've never seen Extreme Elimination Challenge, get on YouTube, look at it right now. Whenever you need a good laugh, it's yeah, incredible. It is, it is pretty hilarious. Is that your weekly recommend, Chris? <laughs> I will go with that for my weekly recommend. <laughs> the illegal bootleg of a very very gypped TV show. Go watch it. Go check it out. Yeah, it's high. I highly recommend. All right, I just have to ask Chase this question before we move on because we got to get the hunters recommend. Do you think that you can make it up the wall? The warp um, wall. Yeah. Oh. 
And if you uh. if you don't if you don't know, we actually have one next door now. Oh. <laughs> Do we really? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're putting it in as we speak at the uh, at the tumbling place amazing. next door. Amazing. Oh. It's not quite as high, uh, but it's it looks fun. like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say tune in next week to find out if yeah. I make it. Or not. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, Hunter, you've got to save this episode, this part of the episode, a little bit with your weekly recommend. It's usually something intelligent, it makes us sound a, a little bit more intelligent than we actually are. My weekly recommend is check out the Malibu interview on YouTube. No, <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, I uh, I finished uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography uh, called Total Recall, and it was it was. I feel like that's a conflict of interest. <laughs> Can he name it that? It's his movie. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I Total Recall. Uh, Dash my autobiography. Oh, <laughs> so that's he saved my it. Okay. true life story or something like that. So he added in that extra part in there. Smart, but uh, no, it was really good. It was interesting. He's so he's, the movie Total Recall was not a biography about. about his life. <laughs> now it's I'm not really confused. Yeah, yeah. It's not shot for shot a remake of his life. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually a really smart guy. Uh, he knew really early on in his life what he wanted to do, and he set his goals, and he worked worked towards it. And he's always constantly reassessing his goals and working towards those. So it was interesting to see how his mind works and how he got to where he is. And if you think about it, I mean, he's one of the most successful people ever. He's been to the top in bodybuilding, in real estate, in uh, Hollywood, and in politics. I mean, there's not many people that have been that as successful as he's, he has been in one area, not to mention four areas. So little known fact, he made all his money in real estate not before he ever was in movies. Yeah. So. Um, really, really fascinating guy. Plus, he married a uh, a, a, a Kennedy family member, which is. Did, does it know. talk about his relationship with his dad at all, or does he leave that? Part a little out? bit, it yeah, does. yeah. His dad was a really hard man, like, yeah. uh, so he didn't really have much of a a whole lot of relationship with him, and so he was very closed off and kept everything inside. It was hard hard for him to open up to anybody. So yeah, he talked about that some. Gotcha. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our episode for today. As always, we want to say, listeners, thank you for hanging with us. Thank you for being there. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a uh, a rating and share this with people that you believe might be interested in this type of conversation. We'll see you next week.